You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Are you a 3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waived, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio. Heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the door. Radical, yeah, welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3C. Kelly Whitworth, the world's greatest producer, is here, as well as yours truly, Joseph Toscan. And we do have a live guest who we'll dissect soon. But before we get into the crappy part of the program, which is our guest talking to myself, the problem is that uh, we've got a very serious announcement. One of our... uh, a good mate of Kelly and somebody I uh, chatted with here on the program a few years ago. Pope Fred has uh, died in the last week or so. And um, Kelly, would you like to say a few things? Oh, just what an amazing, awesome human being he was and so out there, so creative, so talented, but also just a beautiful big heart. And he was always so nice to me and friends of mine and he's going to be really sorely missed. Yeah, well, if you want to learn a little bit more about Pope Fred, you can actually go to the uh, podcast section and uh, look him up. Uh, We had a 56-minute chat with him, and uh, it gives you an idea of the breadth and scope of the man and his talents. And I understand they're raising money for his cremation. Is that right? Yeah, $3,000. Some of the girls, uh, if you contact the Catalyst Social Centre... Um, which Rick um, had a bit to do with putting on um, um, talks there. Um, yeah, contact them, the Catalyst Social Centre, and make a donation to pay for um, Rick's cremation. That would mm. be a massive help to the community. Right, and there's a, an event in November, I understand? In November, and I guess if um, listeners just keep up to date with things happening through the Catalyst Social Centre or the IRL Bookshop, They'll um, hear news about that. Great. Thank you, youngster. Now, we've got a real guest in the studio. Now, I've actually asked this young person to spell her surname, 
And it's an interesting surname, but it's, her first name is Kayla, K-A-Y-L-A, and the surname is Cartledge, not Cartledge, but Cartledge, C-A-R-T-L-E-D-G-E, if you want to do a, a web search and find out a little bit more about this young, talented human being we have with us. Hello, Kayla. Hello. Oh, look, uh, we spare no expense. There is a huge crowd yes. just behind the producer, Kelly, and they have been prompted, given $50 each to clap at the right time. And lots of lollies. Yeah, chocolates and ice creams. And now, Kayla, look, I shouldn't ask you this, but what year were you born? 1990. You're a child. What are you doing here? You've got no life to talk about, have you? Had a, I've had a very full life already. Ah, 1919, 2023, 33, yeah. You could be crucified. You're at that age, aren't you? <laughs> the age of Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll, that's what we'll do today. We'll crucify you ber- verbally. No, but more importantly, uh, obviously uh, you're here to talk about your life, but you're also here to talk about the uh, referendum on Saturday because you're uh, one of the uh, movers and shakers in that debate. Now, Kayla, where were you born? In Darwin, on Larrakia country. Right. Beautiful tropical area. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, grew up there. Um, I was there till I was eight. Right. With the biggest mob of Aboriginal family <laughs> there. I'm still not sure who's blood and who's not blood. <laughs> so you're there till the age of eight. Yes. What are your memories about Larrakia country? Fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah. Lots of fish and chips. Lots of family. Always um, at my nanny's house, nanny and papa's house. Mm-hmm. Um, those, you know, those love heart vanilla ice creams. Yes, yes. That was a big one. That was always at my in my nanny's freezer at mm-hmm. home. She knows how to look after the grandkids. <laughs> oh, she did. She always yeah. would make sure we had some there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what were their names? Oh, nanny and papa. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Wow. How dare oh, fair you? enough. <laughs> Nanny and Papa, that was it. They don't have real names. No, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Every, yeah. I'm sure everyone calls them that. that, that. Are they still around? <laughs> no, they sadly uh, passed away. Right. Um, they, my Papa actually died of a broken heart. My Nanny went in for a routine surgery mm. um, and went into a coma. And then a day later, my Poppy passed away. From heartbreak, right, yes, and then my nanny passed away shortly after that. So mm. it was a big shock to my mum, who had just been diagnosed with cancer as well. Right. So very traumatic period of time there. So are your parents still alive? Yes, they are. Right. Tell us about your mum. My mum is the most incredible woman. She's a black activist. Works in health. Um, at a local gathering place called Nurmanjabana in Frankston. Um, always giving back to community, always working hard. Mm-hmm. Um, bit too high of a standard. <laughs> never quite, quite get up there for it. <laughs> oh, you will, you will. You'll become the elder one day. Yeah. Don't, don't, right. yeah. um, yes, Auntie Debbie. Um, no, she's she's incredible woman. Right. And is your dad still alive? He is, he is. You can't say bad things about your parents when they're still alive. We could get sued. I assume he was another remarkable human being. You know what, just check back in with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right. He's, He's all right. Okay. He's all right. 
So is he a whitey? Is he? <laughs> so that's why. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. My my late wife was a Torres Strait Islander. I know the drill. Yeah, I know the drill. We're the evil ones. Yeah, he's, he swept your mum off her feet, and yep. Yeah. Moved her away from her country. True, yeah, <laughs> down to Frankston from Larrakee country. Uh, how, how? So you were, you came from Darwin straight down to Frankston? It, down to the to Rosebud, Mornington Peninsula, um, uh, down there. Why the move? Dad was was so Dad was born in St Kilda mm. and lived in St Kilda, um, and just moved there for to Larrakee country for work, mm-hmm. um, and was just there for. a period of time and then brought mum back so he was, was studying at Monash Uni and mm-hmm. um, brought us all over for that. And how many of you were there? There's there's three siblings. Mm-hmm. My older sister's passed away though, my Tasha, yeah. Well, obviously that's, that's something very difficult to deal with. Yes, and that's like the, you know, reinforcing the just the health gap with non-Indigenous and Indigenous people mm-hmm. is, you know. Nah. Do you want to speak about your sister? Um, yeah, she she was an incredible, incredibly hard worker. She um, also looked after disadvantaged people. She worked in Centrelink. She was a real leader in her area. And, yeah, she was um, 10 years older than us, so she was much older mm-hmm. than us, much wiser, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's how she sort of sits in my memory. Right. But, yeah, passed away in her 30s and, yeah, it was in such an incredible loss for well, our family. Well, was it just unexpected or had she been sick for a while? Uh, it was a quick diagnosis. She had bowel cancer mm-hmm. um, and from the moment she found out to the moment she passed away was six months. Six so months, yeah. A very quick um, turn mm. of events for her. And did she have any children? She didn't. She had a partner who mm. left her um, when he found out the diagnosis. So right. mm. we've got a lot of anger in us. Yes, I for can that understand. Person. And mm. yeah, so we brought her. She was living in Tasmania, Palawa country, and she. Um, came and lived with us down on the Mornington Peninsula right. um, for that period of time. and So yeah. she, she was with family when she died? Yes, yeah. She oh. was surrounded with by all her loved ones. Mm, that's good. Sometimes, you know, it's only when things get really rough that you understand, you know, what a partnership is like and what it means. And it's not an unusual situation. Mm. You may think it's unusual, but it's not unusual. I've been a doctor for almost 50 years and I've been amazed at the times you make a critical diagnosis and the partner just can't cope and just disappears for a variety of reasons. Your other siblings, how old are they? My other sister, Hayley, she's mm. 35, yep. I want to say. Yep. Um, beautiful mother, She's abs- that's absolutely her calling. She's such a strength-based role model, um, beautiful, feminine, just loving mother and her whole world's around my niece and nephew mm-hmm. who are very proud little Aboriginal babies. Yes. Oh, you've got to kind of be... you got to know what's happening around you to be proud. I mean, there must be at least three or four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, she's six. six the the yeah. oldest one's six, and yeah. then the other one's mm. turning two. Right. Yeah, and the other sibling? 
Tasha who passed away. That's right. That's it. Oh, yeah. I was the third. You're the third one, right. (laughs) I included myself in there. Yeah, well, you know, I thought, you know. Very cool. That is very cool. Usually you kind of say, I've got two siblings, (laughs) not this. What am I going to do, Kelly, with this person? (laughs) I don't know. Kelly's throwing up her hands in horror. She just can't cope. Neither can I. So when you came down, you were eight. Yes. And you went to Rosebud. Yes. And obviously, you'd spent a few years in school up at Darwin. Yep. All right. And uh, how did you feel being an only lonely down at uh, Rosebud? <laughs> it was a cultural shock, that's for sure. Um, it was very quick for us to realise, oh, people don't say the same things we say. People are a bit confused by the language we use. No one had heard deadly. Deadly. Um, and mm. they just knew that I was Aboriginal and so they'd, you know, have something, they'd pick something up, a flower, and go, oh, look at this. I'd be like, oh, that's deadly. And then they'd drop it. And like, oh, no. She's Aboriginal. She knows what that's going to do. It's going to kill us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, there's my flower. Uh, are you happy to name the primary school you went to? Uh, Eastbourne Primary School. Which one? Eastbourne. It was Eastbourne. voted the worst primary school in Victoria when I who went voted, there. Who voted that? <laughs> I think it was like in the Herald what, the parent? or something. Oh, you don't. You, oh. Look, you're a product of that school, the Herald Sun, as usual, was totally <laughs> wrong, okay? Did you spend all your primary school years there? Yes, yeah. Did, did you find you were talented in certain areas, like bossing people around or running or something like that? Mm. <laughs> I was talented at making friends, keeping <laughs> friends. So you were you were you were social, miss social media before social media. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I didn't realise people skills would be something that would get me, you know, to Far. where I am today. But yeah. it's one thing they don't teach you at school. Social skills is important. <laughs> well, it is. People skills are very important. Unfortunately, I don't have any. That's why I don't have friends. I, I make it a job not to have any. Now. You left primary school, obviously, and you mm-hmm. went to, a, I assume, a public high school, state I, high school? No, I went to a Catholic high school, Padua College. What, what's going on here? What's going on here? <laughs> it was close to our house. so <laughs> That was it? It was a walking distance to our you, house. you weren't a Sunday mass family or anything like that? I think we we had to be in the lead up, um, but oh. after that we weren't. You mean <laughs> you went to church to get you to school? Yes, we had to get baptised and then get... You got baptised? Yes, baptised. At least you won't... Well, I was going to say you won't go to limbo, but do you know the the Pope abolished limbo? Oh. (laughs) A few years ago. He thought it was unfair that all these little kiddies through no fault of their own hadn't been baptised who died went to this waiting room waiting to go to heaven until God made up his mind, so he abolished limbo. So he said, look... It's hell or heaven. No, no, little kid, he's straight to heaven. <laughs> okay, all right. Straight to heaven. You don't have to do a little stop at limbo. Straight to heaven. The fact you were you confirmed or did you didn't worry about that? Oh, um, I don't want to say that I don't know what that is. Uh, is it, well, <laughs> well, you did go to a Catholic school. That's when you a little bit older and they give you a white dress and you learn oh. about. No, you didn't do. I didn't that. get a white dress. No, didn't do that. And did your sister was your sister there at the school when you started? Yes. So she kind of uh, straightened out the other kids, did she for you? Oh yes, yeah. yes she did. She was she was the kinder and more shy of the two of us, uh-huh. that's for sure. Keyword was kind. <laughs> right. I was a bit 
more cheeky. Uh-huh. You know, that blackfella cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying your sister didn't have the cheek. She was just kind and nice mm. and pleasant. Mm. <sighs> That's what happens when you're kind of nice and pleasant. You die young, you know that. Oh. It's only evil people that continue. <laughs> no, seriously, you know, the worse, the more evil you are, the longer you live. Is that right? That is not true. Oh. Sometimes, maybe, but... Most times. Oh, most times. You look at the world leaders, the most evil ones, and see how old they are. Yeah. So, high school, did you, again, did you excel at anything apart from being pre-social media, you know, with your people skills? <laughs> Not really. Not no, really. You're just... I wasn't very good at school. Mm. I um I had a really racist teacher mm. who encouraged um the other kids, the boys in the cl- in the class to oh, be racist co- too. Co-ed. Encouraged yes. them. What year was mm. this? You're right. No, but I mean, what year? Oh, I don't know. Someone do the maths. <laughs> Oh, year eight, you'd been about 14, so it's too far. You didn't wouldn't expect that in 2003, 2004, would you? Racism? No, no. Obvious racism in a high school. Oh, yes. Yeah, I still hear about it today. Yeah? Yeah. In the classroom? Yeah. Mm. Like what things? Um... What things did I experience or do I hear about? Yeah, no, you experienced. Oh, uh, like those stupid jokes, like just, oh, right. you know, mm. I don't know, just silly jokes. It's like mm. ends up that the only good Aboriginal is a dead Aboriginal, that mm. sort of thing. thing yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I had to sit in. So I started wagging school and developed severe anxiety and, yeah, thought, and I didn't know that I had anxiety because when I went to the doctor's, that wasn't a thing that people talked about then. No, no. So it was all, um, I just felt like I was dying. But I was having panic attacks every morning to yeah, school. to go to school. And uh, your parents didn't pick up at anything? They knew something was They're really wrong. wrong, but they, you know, they would take me to the doctors and then yeah, nothing would w- happen. Wouldn't think about that it's a school-based issue. Mm. Mm. I, and I didn't tell them because I knew mm. mum would get wild. <laughs> Come and bash your mum. <laughs> Well, how about, how about your sister? How did, does she have the same experiences? No? No, she didn't. But so my sister's blonde hair, green eyes, fair skin. Mm. Um, so she could easily blend in mm. and she would probably choose to ignore those things. Whereas mm. I would go, I'm Aboriginal and I don't like what you're saying. And um, mm. then they'd, you know, fight back with me. Yep, 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 yep. I had similar experiences, but it wasn't about being Aboriginal. It was about being Italian. That's a different story, you know, the old joke, you know, the Second World War joke. How many gears is an Italian tank? One forward, three backwards. Oh, I have no, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I've, that means. I haven't heard that one. No, no. no. But look, look, this is the normal experience a lot of kids go through and they continue to go through and my children went through the same thing when they were in, you know, so-called uh, sophisticated schools. So did you actually finish year 12 or did you change schools or what did you do? I did. I, I don't know how I managed to do it, but I managed to finish year 12. Mm. I wasn't very interested. I managed to get a scholarship to Monash Uni um, for teaching, which I quickly learned that I should not be a teacher. Um, I don't. <laughs> Why would you tell racist jokes in the classroom? Yes. That's the problem? Or you wouldn't tell I wouldn't. You wouldn't tell them. So you couldn't actually pass. <laughs> That's, oh, no, you don't fit in here. Company culture's all off. <laughs> so you went to Teachers College at Monash? 
um, I was meant to. It was the same year my mum was diagnosed. Oh, right. um, and so that just threw me and I started, I took her a lot to a lot of her appointments mm. and things like that. So what you went through, surgery, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, the works? The works, yeah. But did she did survive? She survived. She's now an ambassador. Yeah. Ambassador? Yes. So she goes around talking to Aboriginal people about you've got to get checked. You know, right, right. This is how you check and all of those things. Right. So she, she got a health background or there's something she took on after she uh, had cancer? She's got no formal ag- education in health, but she's always worked in mm. that health mm. sort of space, whether mm. it's like employment solutions that, you know, um, help people to transition into work um, or in the gathering places and spaces like that. Mm. Coming from Darwin, did you have much trouble fitting in with the mob down at Frankston and the uh, Mornington Peninsula? I didn't know any of them. I you didn't, didn't know any of them? I didn't, I didn't see anyone. You were the only one. <laughs> I knew I knew there was one uh, Aboriginal kid in at Rosebud High School, which right. was yeah. not the one I was in. Yeah. And mum was like, Kayla, I found out there's an Aboriginal girl. You've got to make friends with her. <laughs> um, but we, our paths never crossed. Never crossed, right. There wasn't the gathering places that there are now. And right. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really isolating. It took right. me ages to find my people. Even when, Did you actually go to Monash or you just decided not to go because your mum was sick? Yeah, I, I didn't go at all, so right. I ended up uh, later on going to uni. So did you do anything before you went to uni, after your mum got better? Yeah, I took on a, a local government scholarship. So mm. they had – or a traineeship, I mean. They had these roles where you could test out all these different units, which is perfect for my short attention span. So, um, you know, you got to do accounting, customer service, f- like uh, yep, ranges, yep. all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up staying there for 10 years in, I think it's something like 11 different jobs in the 10 years. Which council can you tell us? Mornington Peninsula Council. Peninsula. Were they kind to you? They were pretty good. Yeah, I had yeah. incredible bosses, um, mm-hmm. really lovely women, women who led me. Um, and then you know, just the usual thing, the councillors and the CEOs suck, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm really interested in your ranger job. Did you catch any dogs and cats that shouldn't be? I did. Get you there? Tell us about that. I'm, and seagulls. Excuse me. In the Mornington <laughs> Peninsula, you capture seagulls. What, they got to be licensed? No, they were injured. <laughs> Oh, injured seagulls. Yes, we did every, all different things. Like what? Like what? Injured, sea, injured, injured lizards? I didn't see any lizards. Pelicans? <laughs> no, just things I could comfortably grab without getting too scared. All oh, right, right, right. <laughs> there was cows one time. There was cows just running along the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, any vicious dogs, you know? Oh, vicious humans that their dogs reflect their attitudes, but... No, no, animals are, no, are beautiful no. things. And People say, you took my bloody dog. They'd knock on the door and all that type of stuff. <laughs> Our rangers were so nice. So it was <laughs> like they would rarely get yelled at. Yeah, because they just had the steely stare. Yeah. You yell us ass, we'll double your fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so during – how shall I put this? This is a delicate question. During these 10 years at council, did – Love cross your path. 
Did love cross my path? It did, actually. You never ask those questions. Oh, you've put a spell on him, Kayla, or something. Excuse me. You're having a moment today. I am building up. All right, (laughs) Kelly, I let you choose the guests. Let me dissect them, all right? She knows everything. That's the trouble. She's the world's greatest producer. But even she's been shocked. Now, usually people say, oh, did you get married? Or did you have any kids during that period? You know, that's the orthodox way. I just said, did love cross your path? That's all. Lots of love. (laughs) Friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, I was... I um, met who would then become my fiance um, in one of our jobs. He was a town planner, Ooh. Um, turned urban designer, turned landscape architect. Mm. So <laughs> short attention span too. But we didn't survive COVID. So we didn't survive COVID. We didn't. Well, no. Yeah, well, we just shouted at each other, locked in the room. <laughs> no, we just thought, oh, actually. You don't want to do any of the stuff that I want to do, and it's just us two. Yeah, yeah well, you're young. You're young. You've got you've got life ahead of you. You're not. We're not going to crucify you today. You'll get over. You're 33. Well, all I can say is, his loss. Thank you. Because I I tell him that too. Yes. We still we still co-share our dog. Our co-share the dog. We're co-parenting. Is this a written agreement? <laughs> it isn't. We have him one month on, one month off. And how does and how does the dog feel about this? Well, he's he gets to be a city pup, and he also gets to be a country dog down with me. So uh-huh. I think he, you know, he gets the best of both worlds. Country dog. Where do you live? Mornington Peninsula. That's not country. That's the outer <laughs> suburbs. I'm I'm in here thinking, what the hell? Look at all these cars. <laughs> Look at all this high density. I'm getting claustrophobia. Well, I think it's the fact that we're locked up in a room and we've got to talk to each other for 56 minutes. That's enough to, to turn anybody off. Yeah, I mean, it's COVID again. Yeah, right? I mean, the three listeners we have to the program think think somehow that, you know, this is glamorous. Is this room glamorous, Kayla? Is this glamorous? It's gold plated. I was like, oh, hang on, I thought this was community radio. What? What's going on here? There's uh, we big take, archways. Yeah. Well, John Law's here at the Radical Australia is our hero. We yeah. do we do product placement during the program. Ooh. Now, have you got that list of products we're supposed to uh, spruik? Oh, I left it in the tea room. Ah, bad luck. Bad well, luck. we'll just keep the money. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah we keep, keep the money. money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976? Our application was successful because of our diverse and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need you to be active and paid up in 2023. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Call 03941983377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Okay, 10 years, you leave Mornington Peninsula. No, you leave your job, your relationship dissolves. 
My God, it's looking morbid, isn't it? Yeah. What did you do then? You're gonna get apart. Me. You didn't. You didn't get anxiety and start crying again. Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I changed jobs and worked in a Aboriginal organisation that focuses on business, business uh-huh. support. So actually using my degree that I got. What degree? What degree? We missed all this. <laughs> missed where, where did that happen? Oh, in council. They, the good thing about working in local government is that they will pay for your degree. So, all right. yeah, I managed to get a double degree out of them, a Bachelor of Commerce and Property and Real Estate. I told you I had a short attention span, right? So Commerce and <laughs> Bachelor. They actually have university degrees. I can't believe this. Did you get a little certificate or something and a little picture with your little hat on? I didn't I didn't go through the graduation. Why not? Your mother would be devastated. Whoever goes to those. Have I did. I went to mine. See, not many people do it these days because they charge you to go. It was charged. I thought, You're I'm kidding. not spending that. You have that. to pay to go to your own graduation. You're kidding. Like 150 bucks or something, right? It was right? Like $300. Oh, there you go. I, I can't believe this. Yeah, that's why no one goes. I got, a, I got a free education. I got a free doctorate. And I didn't pay for my ceremony. What's going on? What's happened to us? We've destroyed the world for you youngsters. It's all crook. It's all crook. <laughs> I wouldn't go either if I had to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, I thought, oh, standing up in front of a bunch of strangers and, and paying, 300, paying bucks. 300 bucks for the luxury. No, thank you. And then you've got to rent your bloody gown. and <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you got your certificate. Mm-hmm. Now, what's this Aboriginal organisation you went to work for? Kinaway Chamber of Commerce. It's just down the road. Kinaway. Yes. You're still with them? No. No. Well, You're skipping through my life very quickly. quickly. Well, time moves <laughs> on in this program. So how long did you last at Kinaway? Two years. Two, that's all right. Two years. Yeah. Got through COVID at Kinaway. So what, you just worked from home for two years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually went in a fair bit. We were a vital service. Right. Because mm. it was small business and making sure our businesses were... Were so, so you had a, a little um, certificate like I did to come into the city, mm-hmm. and you'd kind of line up, and they look at your certificate, and they go, "Ho, ho, off you go." Yes. <laughs> Tell right. us a little bit about working through COVID. The fact I... that you worked um, on site. Mm. Well, I quite liked it, to be honest. Oh. I thought <laughs> that's such a um, rude opinion, but I really liked the space. Mm. I liked the fact that now we've got a hybrid sort of society. Um, and it was my first time working in a majority black organization. So people just got my jokes. Mm. People got my humor. People were as cheeky mm. as me. Mm. And it was really. COVID was really good for a number of reasons. If you're a motorist like I am, I used to come in from regional Victoria to work. No cars. Mm. It was wonderful. Mm. And you could wear a mask so you could do funny things. Somebody could be boring you to tears when you're talking to them. You could be yawning and they wouldn't notice. And now you're just doing it in front of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, well, I'll try not to. I, mean, I think I'm just yawning because I'm old. So why did you move away after this brilliant organisation after two years? Well, because I was approached by Monash University who mm. had – an incredible job opportunity that I thought this is my calling. I meant to, I meant to go down this path. What do you mean? Somebody rang you up or tapped you in the shoulder or what happened? Yeah, yeah, headhunted, headhunted. 
<laughs> and what, what's this incredible job at Monash University? So a bit of background is, so my mob at Gurindji, we're known for land rights and, and That's right, yeah. um, peaceful protests and allyship to make that change. And this position is looking at water rights and looking at our new medical discoveries and actually linking it to traditional owners and the way that they used water um, for virus control and all of that sort of thing. So looking at that and trying to find that information and help give that IP and help create, you know, some sort of economy boost in those Mm. um, traditional areas. So... I just thought it was perfect. And what department is this at the university? We're called the Centre to Impact AMR. Again? Could you repeat that again? The Centre to Impact AMR. Could you uh, unpackage AMR? Antimicrobial resistance. I like that. Yeah. That's that's up my path. (laughs) I've, I've, I've had patients over the years who've had microbes that are resistant to all known antibiotics. Well, this is what we're looking at. I know, and I've seen I've seen people die in front of my eyes within four hours of uh, getting septicemia, and there's nothing we could have done about them. So you're looking at this. How how far you gone down this path? Um, it's been a slow. So I've been there for a year now, mm-hmm. um, and really I've just been building up relationships and things like that. But I'm going on country in New South Wales next month to walk with um, traditional knowledge holders and mm-hmm. um, help them to, because you know we can help to put reports together, which helps protect their waterways. Um, we've done that here in Nam, and we can do it in other areas oh, yes. as well, so help really amplify that and put the science behind why it should be protected. So how come your mum doesn't think you're a great human being? Oh, she does. She, she does. just thinks I could be better. Oh, she thinks she could be better. <laughs> now, look, uh, let's move on to more fascinating. Monash Health, is it? Did you say Monash Health? Monash University. Monash University. Yeah, Monash University. Now, let's move on to more interesting things mm-hmm. than saving the world by using traditional knowledge, all yeah, right? Yeah, boring. Boring stuff, you know, saving human lives. Now, I understand you're part of that great Invasion Day, Mornington Peninsula Festival, the biggest festival in... Yes. One of the biggest festivals in Victor- in Australia, if not Victoria. Yes, yeah. Tell, tell us about it. How did you get involved in that? Well, so after my decade of working in... <laughs> local government where I had to be tight-lipped, wasn't allowed to have opinions about things, you know, had to keep everything really private and personal. I was offered a redundancy. And I thought, oh, yes. (laughs) And I'm going to use that to create our Survival Day event. Um, And so a group of friends used the money. We got some local artists. We literally made the stage on the spot as we went (laughs) in the morning. Um, and, yeah, we had – we thought it was just going to be, you know, our family, friends, mm. the local gathering places. It turned out to be 400 people wow. for our first one, which – What year was that? Roughly. She, she wasn't very good at maths, so it's <laughs> all right. I'm not good at years. How long, you know, is it, how long has it been running for? How many years? 
next year will be our fourth year, so we've had all our right. three years. Okay, so it's 29, I just before COVID. Yes. Good. All right, we've worked that one out. <laughs> you know what? That's just a colonial thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, time, yes. Time, yeah, what is yeah. it? Yeah, now we'll tell the jokes, you know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so um, the next year we doubled, doubled the amount of people who came. What, did you improve the stuff on the stage? We did when we got all this ticket money. Thought, oh, ticket all money, right. oh, yeah. yeah. So $20 to get in uh-huh. um, for allies free for mob. Um, and yeah, we managed to get a big fancy stage, we didn't have to build it that year. All right, yeah. And now it's over, we think it's about 2,500 people who came this year, mm. um, with a huge percentage of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people coming. With, Looks like the entire, like, um, I think it was sixty percent of the population or something when I was copying right. it down. So, um, yeah, it's one of my most proud things that I've done. So, how, how many of you? How many of you are involved in that? There's about five of us who are on the actual committee, committee get, mm. getting things done. Mm. It's definitely been pushed back with this uh, referendum, though. So Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. A little rushed. Yeah, but the, there is the, the 26th is coming up, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what have you got planned? Well, that's the thing. You haven't got anything <laughs> planned yet? <laughs> I'm sure you'll have something planned. So you're holding at the, you're holding at the same spot again? Yep, same spot on the Briars. Um, it's a beautiful place where we can do bushwalks and look at traditional medicines. We're going to have um, author talks this time and then elders circle, so we haven't had that previously. Um, and then the local artists and things like that. Right. Aboriginal shop and Torres Strait Islander shops. Mm. And you're finding more and more non-Indigenous people turning up and actually appreciating that there's there's an alternative on the day a positive alternative yeah yeah we have so many people say thank goodness this is here because i felt so isolated in this you know my friend group doesn't um believe in survival day so Mm. you know i just sit at home doing nothing right so this is really nice to have something to go to right Mm. you've got friends i've got some friends you said friend group (laughs) like other people (laughs) Well, I thought all the young people just sat in front of the TikTok, you know, TikTok or something, and just watched videos and went, "Oh." Am I the young person in this situation? No, you, you're actually you're, you're actually doing things, which is a little bit radical. Can't believe it. Now, this is one of the biggest events in Victoria, if not Australia, on Invasion Day. And where does the money go apart from? Did you, did you, it all goes into the thing. So I'm usually out of pocket. <laughs> usually out of pocket. Goes into organising it. Yeah. yeah. And how did you how did you wangle the briars to get involved? Well, because I worked in local government. Oh right. <laughs> local government. It's all those connections that she <laughs> yeah. made and yeah. those people skills in primary school, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, not social media. Yeah. No. What face to face interaction? Yes. Yeah, talking to people. It's pretty oh. radical. Now, you're, you're talking to people about this upcoming referendum on Saturday, is that correct? Yes. So what organisation are you in? Uh, we're the Mornington Peninsula for Yes group. Mornington Peninsula for Yes group. And when was that formed? Back in February, February. I think it was. Yeah, right. we had our first um, sessions with Thomas Mayer down on down in Tugaruk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, 
why don't you form a group? And we thought, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Right. And how, how, how hard has it been? Extremely hard. Can you tell us why? People are, it's just open floodgates for people to be so nasty, mm. so racist. Um, it's the, the fact that our politicians are allowed to lie in this campaign and are choosing to, mm. and there's no ramifications for mm. that, is so disgusting. It's really made me like look at, like, I already distrust government, obviously, from all the stuff that's happened mm. to our people, but. Seeing it in this lens and seeing that people are actively making up these lies to mm. disadvantage us mm. is it's disgusting. Mm. And then, you know, there, there's been AI um, people created on TikTok who look like Aboriginal people <gasps> telling you to... Have you heard no. of that? No. Yeah, to vote. Yeah, no. I haven't. Tell, tell me about it. Yeah, so they, they say, oh, we didn't mean for them to look Aboriginal that's right. Yeah. But yeah, they they no, no. No, the, so, the social media campaign has been particularly dirty, mm. particularly dirty. And as you said, I, I like that phrase you used. It open the floodgates mm. to people to actually tell you what they really think. Mm. Um, I thought the Mornington Peninsula would be a little bit more sophisticated. Mm -mm. No, just, no, we're very conservative. Mm, mm. Um. Yeah, so and it's a very mixed group of people. So we've had five hundred volunteers, which is a huge amount of volunteers for the morning peninsula. For the morning peninsula, so really happy with that, and it shows a shift. Wow. And at our pre-polling booths, it's looking promising. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just still those real those people who have always had loud, nasty voices still want theirs heard and they want you to feel bad about whatever their opinion is. Uh, and you're getting that at the pre-polling booth? Yeah, it's the people handing out the no pamphlets, they're okay. Mm -hmm. They're just spilling the same misinformation, which is like, well, do you really believe in mm. a democracy if you're doing that? Mm. 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 So you'd encourage people to vote yes, obviously, being part of the group? Yes. Have you voted yet? I have because I was terrified I'd forget. <laughs> and what did you put on your ballot paper? I, I very carefully <laughs> sat there and wrote Y-E-S and I was like, excuse me, can you please look at this and just make sure I did this right? I was so scared that yeah. I'd suddenly uh, got dyslexia and was right. jumbling up my right. letters. But she confirmed it was okay. Now... You're saying there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the main, how shall I put it, the main lies that you're hearing? That it's divisive. Yes. <laughs> That's just so ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Just... I mean, I, I approach that. I, I say, look, this is a way of recognising the descendants of the traditional owners. It's very simple. There's nothing divisive. If there's one thing that Australians love, it's property rights. Because, mm. <laughs> you know, when we stole it from the First Nations yeah. people, it's ours and we're going to keep it forever. No repatriations, no compensation, no treaty. Mm. You know, it's yeah. ours, it's ours. I thought that's one thing Australians would understand, property rights, you know. You know, I mean, you've only been here 65,000 years. Who do you think you are? Johnny come lately's or something? I know, it's pretty gross, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of... So, divisive, what else? Um, well, that, the... Oh, you're going to take our backyards? 
Really? Oh, well, you can take my backyard. I'm happy for you to <laughs> mow the lawn in and put some traditional herbs there anytime you like and find some traditional medicines for you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, they're, the, they're the big ones. That take my backyard. <laughs> okay. You're kidding. I'll take that. <laughs> now, are you seriously saying people are saying that to you, that the voice is going to be yeah. the, end of, the beginning of the end? Yeah, it's going to... Um, be a new government body that's going to slow everything down and mm. it's an unfair advantage. Mm. Um, so they're very worried about um, advantages when it's... Advantages. Mm. When it um, might help people who aren't doing very well. But Right. Uh, What's the uh, black community down, the little smaller, smallish black community down at Mornington Peninsula, are they involved in this or yeah, yes. the older people? Or? Yes, so we've got um, all the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander businesses, are, mm. yes, um, and the gathering places and a bunch of them are part of the campaign. So right. we call it the voice for the voice. The voice for the voice. <laughs> I like that. That's, uh, now I'm going to hand you a disgusting piece of paper, which oh, I, I dissected on my pro one of my programs this morning. Because I live in North Central Victoria, and this shit appeared in my letterbox from the Squatters Party, the Nationals. Mm, okay. Have you seen this before? I haven't seen this one. Yeah, take it home. Take it home. Have a look at it. It's yours, and you can actually see these people have got a concerted campaign, well funded, and it's going all letterboxes in every region of Australia. That's the Squatters Party, the old National Party. Isn't that The ridiculous? old Country Party, yep. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully anybody who's listening hasn't made up their mind. Well, you know, it's not the radical thing that people want. People want treaty, they want compensation, they want repair, all those things, but you've got to start somewhere. Exactly right. And it doesn't. it's not mutually exclusive, which some people are feeling like it is. You know, if you get the voice and you don't get a treaty, no, it, that's not the case. It's no, voice, no. treaty, truth. Well, I think, I think, look, I'm old enough to remember the large number of Indigenous organisations that have been set up by successive governments, like ATSIC. I mean, my late wife was on the board of the uh, Australian Arts Board for a number of years, and all these organisations are set up, and then when the government changes, they're just mm -hmm. finished. Finished. Extraordinary. Uh, at least this way, you've got, irrespective of what the government decides, they've got to do something about it if it's in the Constitution. And there's not much in the Constitution, you know. You know how many freedoms we have in the Australian Constitution? How many what? Freedoms. How many? Well, you've got freedom of religion, so you could have got confirmed and nobody would have cared. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the freedom to trial by jury for a serious crime, but not the freedom to have a good lawyer, but the freedom to trial <laughs> by jury. And you love this one. This is, this is my favourite. You've got the freedom not to be discriminated against depending on the state you live in because we're a federation <laughs> and people were concerned initially that maybe that people discriminate against Tasmanians as opposed to... So that, that's, that's a freedom you've got. And there's one more, which... Oh, you've got the freedom to fair compensation if the state takes your property, unless you're Indigenous, obviously. Mm, we mm. just took it, all right? Yes. <laughs> so it's from the start of that yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look before yeah. it. And you'll love this. I've done a fair bit of research on this because I think people need to know their history. When the Constitution was originally established in 1901, there was this special clause 
I think it's, I've forgotten which number it was, 36 or something, which said that the Commonwealth Government had the power to make laws regarding specific races as required, but brackets, it didn't include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So only the state government could make laws. So all those laws regarding taking the children away, the forced removals, the encampments, or the marginalisation, were all state government laws. In 1944, and this is something nobody really talks about, in July 44 there was a referendum where the Commonwealth Government, under John Curtin, the Labor Party then, uh, was trying to change the constitution. There were 14 points in the changes, and those. And they wanted to change the constitution for five years to give them the power to legislate for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Because only the state... And the reason they did that was because you had the Torres Strait Battalion in the Torres Strait defending Australia. You had many Aborigines from your part of the world who were used as scouts, were part of the Australian Defence Forces. And obviously there were many, many Aboriginal men who were conscripted into the armed forces. And when they came back, the Commonwealth Government could not give them the same privileges as white soldiers. Mm-hmm. And that failed, that referendum. Mm. So, you know, referendums, a lot of people say, oh, they don't matter. But they do. They do matter. Yeah. Sorry for the uh, school. <laughs> no, I love it. I am, um, you know, the, the uh, William Cooper petition to the king That's that right. asked for representation... Mm. in government, mm. that failed because they said, oh, we don't have to, using that clause, we don't have to act for Aboriginal people. So mm. That's right. And in 1846, the remnants of the Tasmanians who had been sent to Flinders Island, this is when Truganini was sent back from Nam back to uh, Flinders Island, they actually petitioned Queen Victoria regarding the rights of them to go back to their traditional homelands. So Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people have been for generations been fighting for that recognition. So it's, it's an extraordinary... It's a once-in-a-lifetime. I will not see a treaty if this fails. Mm-hmm. I'm positive. Yeah. There's no momentum. There'll be no momentum. And if you're saying, you know, you mix with more people than I ever mix. I only sit in this studio... All week, I never, I never leave this grand studio. Yeah, well, you know the gold-plated taps. <laughs> so, what are your plans for the future? Obviously, we're going to win the referendum. I know that. Yes. Nobody else believes me, but I do think that Australians do have a a reasonable heart. And although there's a lot of black people fighting against for a no vote, I think they'll see through that. But that's just my opinion. So, what are you going to do? Now you're only 33. You've got a lifetime ahead of you. Well, I'm going to New Zealand what this for? month. What a, what a dump. What are you going there for? You know why? I'm talking about the referendum and e-safety. So how unsafe our social media platforms have been for Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people during this time. Uh-huh. Doing a big e-safety conference with like Google and Meta and all of those platforms. Right. Are they going to send reps, are they? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. So if anyone has reported anything to Meta that has been knocked back as not violating community standards, that's clear racism, send it to me. And I'm going to have it as how, my backdrop. How do people send it to you? Where do they send it? Uh, social media, please. Our song lines is my business. Our song, our song lines. Yes. And so you want lots of information for the conference. And you know, well, there are people from around the world attending, or it's mainly for the South Pacific 
Uh, I don't recall. Right, right. So you expect people from Fiji and Samoa and... Maybe. All the traditional owners, yeah. Oh, she's telling us we've got to wrap up in the next five minutes. She's like that. She, 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 she doesn't want to upset the next program because now time is limited. <laughs> so if anybody is not sure what they're going to do on Saturday and they haven't voted yet, can you give us a few reasons why they should vote yes as you're part of that Mornington Peninsula group? Well, it's a very modest and simple proposal. It's very clear. Um, the, the writing is there for everyone to see on the voice.gov.au. So there's no, like, there's no mystery around it. It's there. It's there's, there. No, there's no secret in it. There's no there's conspiracy. No secret. Well, well, what you read is what, what you see is what you read. Oh, yes. I, think, I think social media tells me different. I know. They're going to take my backyard. I know. And, you know, the, our politicians can lie to us in elections. This is the most honest that a, and clear for what you're voting on. It's mm. you literally get everything you need to vote. Mm. And there's two things to it. You need to acknowledge that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first peoples. We all know it. That's a fact. You can't change that. But we social media them. tells me there are Martians here. <laughs> Is that wrong? I think there might have been. Oh, right. You know. yeah. We'll just go back 65,000. Okay. Right. Um, and the second bit is that we should be able to inform people on the decisions that are being made about us. It cl very clearly says Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people informing on decisions that affect them. Mm. Well, so affect them. Yeah, so not, not affect me. No, as a not wider. your backyard. No, no, no. that affect you. <laughs> yes. Well, why would I vote no? Exactly. It's your problem. It's not mine. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. who knows how to solve them best? Well, not you. <laughs> no. Well, we've had we've had two hundred two hundred thirty two years. We did have the good dispersal policy that solved a lot of problems. Remember? Do you know about the dispersal? No. Oh. In the uh, 19th century, we had a f fancy way of describing genocide. You would oh. disperse the tribes. Oh. <laughs> You'd kill them off. You'd disperse them. Mm. Ah. Poison the waterhole sort of stuff. Yeah, shoot them, all that type of stuff. Mm. You know, It's called dispersal policy. Mm. Now, I'd like to congratulate you and I'd like to thank your auntie, <laughs> Julie Jones, for putting you up here on the uh, Radical Australia and I wish you all the best for the future. I am sure that love will cross your path once again because you are an extraordinarily talented young person. So talented. Thank you mm. so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Auntie Julie. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. Yeah, she's had a rough trot recently. So, and she's, she's always been a good, good stick, as they say. She's always done the best. And all the best to your wonderful mum and your dad and your sister, and hopefully I can come on the 26th. I'm looking forward to yes, it. Yes, please do. I will. Yeah, you'll, obviously you'll charge me double, but that's all right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, young Kelly Whitworth, and this will be podcast soon, and there'll be a picture of Kayla, and there'll be contact schools. Kelly Whitworth is the world's greatest producer. I just walk out of here, you know, show pony, but Kelly will do all the work, Instagram, what else, TikTok, what else? All of it. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Kelly. you, Kayla, very much. Thank you. You're not lying in my bed. 
slide Time now to say goodbye Gather up the courage Find somebody new If only I could learn to trust Moving on would be a must Both full of regret We had so much left to do Now that it's over And all that's been said Yesterday's gone, tomorrow is Cold nights alone are nights that I dread If you're gonna lie to me You're not lying in my bed All of our dreams finally come true It is our destiny to raise a loving family You can trust in me as I will trust in you Now that it's over and all that's been said Yesterday's gone Tomorrow ahead Cold nights alone and nights that I dread If you're gonna lie to me You're not lying in my bed You're not lying to me no more needs members to survive. By becoming a subscriber, you're helping us to remain fiercely independent and free of commercials and corporate influence. Are you a paid-up subscriber? It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation, and $300 solidarity. Great value for 24-7 community-owned and community-controlled media. Please become a subscriber member today. Call the station on 03-9419-8377 or sign up online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.